Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, August 12th. You're starting your day with Jason and Alexis in the morning on MyTalk 1071. I can't imagine a better way to do it. We're streaming around the world at MyTalk1071.com. You can always download our podcast app as well. Coming up on five minutes after 8 o'clock here this morning, Alexis is here. Kenny's in the house. Rob's in for Dawn this morning. I'm Matt Belanger from uh, 5 Eyewitness News, visiting once again while Jason's on vacation. And I have promised a surprise for Kenny. Yes. And we we've, we've talked about yesterday if you were listening, we talked about one of my latest obsessions and it is this fabulous new book called The Healthy Deviant. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> She's on the line, isn't she? And joining us live this morning, the author of The Healthy Deviant, to smack Kenny in line, is Pilar Cherasimo. Pilar, good morning. Good morning, Matt. And I always love being introduced with an oh, no. <laughs> well, that's kind of how we roll here at my talk, let me tell you. Hi, Pilar. I think I'm your target audience. <laughs> I'm sure you are, Kenny. Thank you for having me on. So, Pilar, let's talk about the inspiration for the book. I kind of, and I probably did a poor job of it, but I tried to lay the foundation for the concept of the book yesterday. But it's about not being afraid to not do what everyone else is doing and to really wake up to these unconscious decisions we're making that may not be the healthiest in our lives. Yeah, I think it's really for me about reframing the whole challenge of trying to be healthy. When we live in a world where it seems very popular, you know, that we should all be trying to improve our health and work out and tone and, you know. But for years, we've been told that we should follow certain diets and do certain workouts, and the truth is that they've really not been working for most people as well as promised or as well as most of us hoped. And I think that's because we've gotten some terrible advice in some cases, but I think and also in many cases we've been expected to follow through with these very demanding programs while we're already living in a society that makes us feel exhausted and overwhelmed and freaked out a lot of the time, now probably more than ever. I'm sure a lot of you have experienced that, you know, with more stress and shifts, constant change, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to do something like stay on a diet or stick with a workout regimen. So my book really reframes the challenge of being healthy in an unhealthy world as a social challenge, not just a willpower challenge. So, Alexis, you have you have something? Well, I was just thinking, um, Pilar. It's great to hear your voice. By the way, <laughs> I, 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 it's Thank it's you. been you too. It's been uh, Pilar used to have a, a show here at my talk, and uh, definitely we worked together for wow, yeah. 
years. Many, many shows <laughs> for years. Yes. And always good. And so I'm just so proud of you for, for writing this book. And, uh, you know, oh, I follow along with Experience uh, Magazine. Uh, you're the editor there as well. But I um, completely relate to this in terms of the social aspect of some of the choices and feeling like you just need to go along. And also the bad advice or what how do you differentiate between what's good for you yeah. i mean it, it sometimes is a gut feeling but also you know things that we're not really aware of how do you know who to trust mm. well that's a really important question and it's not a simple simple answer because the yeah. truth is a lot of the authoritative information we got for example from the usd nutrition guidelines has turned out to be wrong over the years and we found yeah. out for example that the obsession with cholesterol as a dietary nutrient being an issue really isn't a problem it's cholesterol that's produced by your body in response to inflammation that causes really causes cholesterol to be elevated huh. so you can't always just go with the most authoritative source on the other hand you know, there's so much crazy information flying around the Internet, you can't trust that stuff either. So one of the challenges of being healthy is actually figuring that kind of stuff out. And it took me 20-some years as a health journalist to really feel confident about my BS detector, you know, to be able to, to know what to believe. Some of it's scientific literacy, knowing which studies are good studies and which studies are too small or, you know, owned by the people that have the outcome that they want. <laughs> you know, they're paid for and funded by yeah. an invested party. But the truth is, that is one of those areas where you have to be a continuous learner and apply yourself to a study of something like health improvement that most of us didn't come into this world prepared to learn that as a specialty or get a PhD treatment in it. Right. Mm -hmm. And the world we're living in now forces us to navigate a very complex system. And I think that's part of what stresses us out and freaks us out is we yeah. always feel like we're doing it wrong. And if there was yeah. just one more program or one more pill or powder or perfect diet, it would all be fixed. And I really counter that notion in my book while explaining that you have to be willing to take a beginner's mind approach and learn a little bit every day. So I try to put most of the important big picture counsel in my book, but it's not a diet book or an exercise book because I think we have enough of those. Oh. And if, if all it was me telling you what to eat, you probably be able, you would be not having any issues right now, you know? Right. Yeah, socially too. Yeah, it's more than just healthy eating and, and the exercise routines. So so what's a guy like Kenny to do when it comes <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to getting started? So maybe you've piqued someone's interest. Maybe they're interested. Hopefully they buy your book. And uh, but but what are the first steps, particularly in this day and age, in the pandemic quarantine age that we're in right now, can can we still accomplish this and how do we get started? Absolutely, we can still accomplish it. I mean, it's never been more important. But where to begin is a, is a really a, a very good question. So with someone like Kenny, who maybe isn't, you know, that interested in all of the latest woo-woo diets and meditation schemes and things like that, I would say my morning minutes practice would be a great place to start. So oh. I'm guessing when Kenny wakes up, one of the first things he does is reach for a device, like a smartphone or a laptop or a tablet, to see what the right. day's news is and to check out what yep. happened since yesterday. Is exactly. that true, Kenny? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, so one of the things that happens is that when you do that, you're immediately taking your half-asleep 
system, which is now in a brainwave state called theta, T-H-E-T-A, somewhere between the delta sleep place and the waking of beta. And that state is a really vulnerable state where you're very impressionable and still kind of in that misty in-between state. When the first thing you do is expose your brain to really stressful stimuli, <laughs> like bad news and alerts and beeps and blings, you completely overwhelm that state and you become your body starts getting flooded with the chemicals of stress like cortisol and adrenaline those things are inflammatory chemicals and they can raise your blood pressure they can cause all kinds of inflammatory downstream effects that we associate with heart disease and type 2 diabetes among others so my practice is to take the first three minutes when I wake up in the morning before I dig into media and my digital devices and I just take three minutes to come to waking gradually by doing something I enjoy I step outside and look at the sky. I make my coffee slowly and have a few sips while sitting with a candle or reading a book or mm. petting my dog. Nice. It doesn't matter what you do as long as you enjoy it. It doesn't have to be yoga or meditation or something like that. But I find that what happens, and many, many, many people have written back to me to say this has helped them enormously, I find that this lets me start my day intentionally. And from then on, I continue to make more intentional choices from a conscious state rather than a reactive, freaked-out state. And that huh. helps a lot. Kind of unfolds throughout the day. You know, it, yeah. sets you, it sets you up for success throughout the day. What do you think, Kenny? Can you spare three minutes? Uh, that that would actually be good practice, and I've been on a number of diets where uh, I've done endorsements for diets, and I've always had nutritionists, and the nutritionists have always been young ladies in their 20s, and they give me all the proper advice, only it doesn't work for me. For you. The reason yeah. I eat is because I have serious mental problems, uh, and, and, I, and I eat. It's basically self-medicating. Um, what a great so, Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have to actually get by that, and you can tell me how to properly eat, and I'll try to go along with the program. But what would really work for me is psychiatric help. And when I've been no, I, and I, I'm absolutely I'm absolutely serious. And when I've been in counseling, I, my weight has dropped down. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing that I've noticed that really helped. Uh, there's been a few times where surprise, surprise, I've been fired from this business, and I have to find work in the real world. And one of those jobs was being a courier. And when I was a courier, instead of taking the the elevator or the escalator every time I possibly could I would take the stairs and boy did my weight drop wow. uh, really well there and then just a year or two ago I was unemployed for a year and I have a place up north a farm place and it's a big place with the building spread out and I know this sounds funny but instead of driving my ATV from building to building or house to barn or shed to to barn I walked <laughs> and I, I know this sounds ridiculous, it but it's a, it's a long distance. But yeah. just the walking, I started dropping weight like crazy. Yeah. Uh, so so it's just it was it, for me it's really small things and lots of therapy, and that's how I get better. <laughs> yeah. I will say, Kenny, I'm gonna give you a theory about part of why you were losing weight that maybe will surprise you a little. I think okay. that absolutely the exercise was a part of it. The other part of it is that you were, whether you know it or not, as a courier and walking that long distance on your farm property, you were taking breaks between things that you were having to do that were mentally demanding. You were getting right. from here to there. Right. And that break is known as an ultradian rhythm break, like ultra, oh, wow. ultradian rhythm break. And it's something that's been studied by the U.S. Department of Defense and military researchers, among others, looking at the oscillating wave patterns in our body's energy systems. You know, you have a high period of productivity and focus, followed by, in principle, a, a break. 
And that break is when your body repairs, replenishes, rebalances itself, including things like shifting your blood sugar, metabolism, and so on. Mm. When we get little breaks between periods of high stress and productivity, our bodies rebalance and really it shifts things like cravings dramatically. So that's another oh. piece of advice. That's the second renegade ritual that I talk about in my book. But it's a lot of people find that those transition times between you know, the high stress of figuring out who does what and what do you got to do and where do you got to be between there's a moment of pause. And we have really in our society eliminated so many of those pauses by yeah. sticking devices in people's hands and yeah. speeding up the transit time between A and B by putting people in cars. Um, so, you know, more to say about that, but I will say it's very helpful that you can observe yep. and know what the triggers for your own less than healthy patterns are, as well as looking at when I was doing better, what was I doing? Let's do more of that. It's okay to take a break. That's uh, that's the moral of the story it's, that I'm hearing here. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Essential. It's it's essential. it's essential. It's not just okay. It's essential. Pilar, you're that's, fantastic. Thank you oh. so much for taking time to call in and uh, give Kenny some advice and uh, and for everyone Anytime. listening. Anytime, my pleasure. Thanks for having it's me a, on. It's a pleasure. Talking to you. Thanks, the book, Pilar. of course, the book is the Healthy Deviant. And by the way, Pilar, I love that on your website you can specifically intentionally order the book from a black woman-owned bookstore, an independent bookseller, or you can just get it from Amazon. But she has all the options there online if you'd like to pick it up. It's a great read. And a freebie available, too, if you want. All right. So we're going to awesome. take a quick break here this morning. When we come back, we're going to visit with Elizabeth Reese for All the Dirt here at My Talk 107.1. Is a my talk dirt alert. Jason and Alexis in the morning. My talk one zero seven one. Eat Elizabeth Reese from Twin Cities Lives on the line with all the dirt for us this morning. What are you digging up today, Liz? Oh, good morning, you guys. Happy morning. Wednesday. Um, there's all sorts of dirt going on. Let's start though with um, the death of a media mogul, and this is Sumner Redstone who is a billionaire media mogul who died at the age of 97. Um, his family company controls CBS and Viacom. And, of course, there were all sorts of gossip columns about this gentleman for many, many years. Mm. Um, and he had just passed away. So, you know, the last decade, he'd been declining physically and then had all sorts of ex-girlfriends warring with each other and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Oh. But he was once the richest man in entertainment. He built... Viacom wow. into a powerhouse. He was famous for saying, Viacom is me and I am Viacom. And then, of course, under Viacom, some of our favorite entertainment brands that we know, Paramount Pictures, Showtime, Comedy Central, MTV, VH1, Nickelodeon, and the infamous Blockbuster chain. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah that's right. He, oh, wow. um, and in 1999, um, there was a billion merger, $37 billion merger with CBS that catapulted him from the business pages onto the big public stage at age 76, and everybody knew him. He would always say, content is king about entertainment and television. Mm. That's still true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. But passed away at the age of 97. So there you go. Hope he had a good time with all the cash. You can't take it with you. Right. That's true. And hopefully he had all that sorted out so the girlfriend yeah. stopped fighting. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, always something. Um, okay, Kelly Ripa is shutting down haters who have criticized her lack of personal grooming. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really? I don't 
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I don't know. Really? She doesn't have a hair and makeup team. Like, uh, I I mean, I guess I don't either. <laughs> so, oh. I, I, whatever. I, I am my hair and makeup yeah. team, so, uh, you know. I know. They did a little <laughs> behind-the-scenes um, promotional video for the show featuring her and her co-host, Ryan Seacrest, brushing her, their teeth. And yeah. then um, one person commented, the only issue I have with this show, and I watch daily since I'm at home nowadays, is the lack of personal grooming. I mean, it's a nationally televised show, and I have to get every day, get dressed every day for every Zoom work call, so why can't you guys? And then oh, Kelly no. Ripa wrote, I'll bring it up at the next meeting. <laughs> <laughs> she put that one in the special file. <laughs> I know. I just well, want to go on the TV? record again and go, like, you don't have to comment about everything. Yeah, well, right. true, And you true. don't have to comment to that person. And if you don't... There are so many times when I see someone on television and I'm thinking, well, I don't really love that outfit or I think, or, oh, what's happening here with the hair? I mean, you think it, it's just a normal part of life. Yeah. You make these observations. The difference is you have a filter between saying that in your brain and then having mm-hmm. it come out loud or then typing it directly to that person. That's a lot of energy. That's the difference okay, here. Okay, so I have a question about this. Does Clarkson uh, not do makeup now on her show? Kelly Clarkson's oh, I was thinking doing, about like, that. She, I think she's doing no makeup. Yeah. And when. Because uh, I love that. The uh, love, I, the no I makeup look. Just going to yes, say. I am, I'm addicked to that. I love that. <laughs> I love you, well, no, serious. But the, seriously, seriously, though, I love the. It's refreshing to me, honestly, yeah. to see these yeah. people in their real elements. And, and to be reminded that they're real people, too. Yes, yes. Well, know? we have just, like, completely gone out of control with this idea of, like, if you're on TV, you're supposed to just look this, this certain way. way. And that, you know, what's in, what's interesting is that has certainly shifted. I mean, in my time in television, and Matt, I'm sure you can relate to this, too. You know, I remember, like, my first, sending out my first tapes for my first TV job. Gosh, almost 20 years ago. And, um, and it was like, everything was about your look. Mm-hmm. Like... Okay, if it looks like this and you had to have the anchor hair and the anchor blazer and the anchor makeup and everything like that. And now, I mean, it's so much more diverse how people look on television. And and with social media, people can be more critical more often just in a whim. You know, they can get you. You're more accessible these days. That's true. But But they can also see more of you. I mean, I see like young reporters now that pictures that they post of themselves on social media that I'm like, oh my gosh, at the beginning mm-hmm. of my career, if a photo like that would have been on the internet, I would have been fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's no changing. Yeah. It's morphing a little here. But listen, people, I mean, I went on the air yesterday with this giant makeup stain on my shirt. I told oh, no. Story later. What so, happened to you? You guys are just lucky that we're making it to the set these days. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. We're all going through this, okay? We have clothes on. <laughs> be happy. Be happy. I know. You're really right. That is. It, this is a nice time to be pregnant because my executive producer did say at one point, he was like, because I said, I don't even have any maternity pants. I, and he was like, just wear leggings. No one sees Doesn't you anyway. He's anymore. like, you can wear leggings any day you want. Who cares? Yeah. And I thought, freedom. Finally. That's it. Finally. Uh, somebody else is looking for freedom, and that's Bill Cosby. He has filed a new appeal in Pennsylvania Supreme Court, in case you were wondering. Mm. 
His attorney is arguing that his trial was not fair because it allowed five accusers to give decades old testimony that prejudiced the jury against him. And then they also say it was unfair to have included a deposition he gave in an old civil suit regarding Bill Cosby's use of quaaludes and his sexual behavior. Um, because when he gave that testimony, Bill Cosby believed that he was immune from prosecution. <sighs> so he has served currently two years of a three to ten year sentence. And you'll recall that he was convicted in 2018 of drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constand in 2004. And he has more than 50 other accusers. And that trial was so interesting because it ended... Um, in essentially in a mistrial, the first one, and mm-hmm, then they had to mm-hmm. do it again. And that second judge allowed the testimony from previous accusers, which helped the prosecution establish a pattern of behavior, yeah. which many would credit that is what led to his conviction. I'm with you on this, Lex. Just let it, we got to move on here. Like, let it, he's just going to gonna keep go. going. But as long as he has money to spend, time. he'll just keep yeah, going. But he is time. completely delusional and yeah. has not yes. once admitted that he did anything wrong and i mean Mm. more than 50 women telling the story of being drugged and assaulted by bill cosby Cosby. i just remember the the cover i forgot the magazine now but of all of the women just standing there yeah just the sheer number and just like anybody you know the first ones that come out are just totally vilified yeah and said that they're liars and that they're and they're out for money whatever and then it's like oh there's dozens more oh two dozen more oh 50 more wow Ed Sheeran and his wife, Cherry Seaborn, are reportedly expecting their first child. Oh, we love soon. babies. I know, and they are very low-key. They have been spending most of the year in lockdown at their home in Suffolk, and they've been keeping the pregnancy a secret. But um, the son is reporting that she's in the final stage of her pregnancy and is due later on in the summer. Sheeran Sweet. announced in December that he was going to take a break from both touring and social media, saying that he would return with new music when the time is right. And when he'd lived a little more to actually have something to write about. He did do a, oh. that Zoom lesson for a class of UK school children in May. Remember we talked about that. Yes. Um, but these two are so cute. They were high school sweethearts. And um, then they ended up getting married in January of 2019. But I think he's done a nice job of keeping, keeping as much of his private life private as he can. And then also staying connected to the person that he was before he became a star. It sounds like that, yeah. And I, I'm excited to hear his inspiration of being a dad and hear it in his music because he writes about what he knows. For you know? sure, yeah. And he's still really young. I mean, he's 29. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good. Well, for them, congratulations. Thank you, Elizabeth, well, thank for stopping you. by. Nice I feel so much more informed now. Every time I talk, every time I talk to you, no matter what platform. That's very kind. <laughs> I do my best. All right. Thanks, Liz. We'll be right back here at My Talk 1071. Talking about, do you buy yourself? A birthday present? I'm going to break it down. Ah, it's a good one. That'll get your blood pumping here. Wednesday morning, 8.33. Just clicked over here. It's Jason and Alexis in the morning on My Talk 1071. We've got Kenny here watching the roads. Rob's in for dawn today. And, of course, Alexis is here with me as well. I'm Matt Belanger from uh, 5 Eyewitness News filling in this week. Thank you for uh, the gracious welcome you've given me as I tiptoe through this foray into radio, morning radio. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been great having you. Thank you. Uh, Alexis, you wanted to talk about birthday gifts. Yes. Do you guys buy yourself a birthday gift? 
Oh, hell yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, do you just own it and say that, or do you tell your wife or your roommate, uh, this is what I want, and that happens, or is it just, nope, I'm just I, getting it? You yeah, covered it. I don't, I don't say what I want. I just go out and I get it. And if the if the topic comes up, I say, yeah, that was my birthday gift to me. But if it doesn't, <laughs> eh, it's fine, too. <laughs> Sometimes funny. after the fact, you're, you can justify yeah. purchases and just, oh, yeah, that was my birthday. Yeah, present. well, I live by the 48-hour yeah. rule, so if she doesn't notice it in okay. the first 48 hours, I can say, that thing has been here forever. <laughs> <laughs> so you only He's have to feeling... tell the truth in the first 48 hours. Fly. hours. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I'm learning that, too, if, especially if it comes in the, you know, it comes in the mail. It, manage to not let them see that then you open it up real quick take mm-hmm. all the packaging out you're right 48 hours yeah. and then it's like oh that's yeah. it's oh, been there forever. forever that old thing oh what yeah about? what are you <laughs> blind or something <laughs> yeah. meanwhile everyone's questioning their sanity you, no you say this is what you say see you never listen i i told you oh. about that <laughs> oh that's a that's taking it to another level i like you relationship yeah. advice with kenny yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oh man, hey, it's working. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I bought myself you? okay things yeah. for my. I mean, most often I try to time a trip or a vacation over my birthday because my birthday's in June, uh, so it's a nice time to take a vacation. So I I kind of often celebrate my birthday in that way and consider that a gift to myself. You know, the what did you yes, buy, Lex? Why why are you bringing oh. this up? Did you get busted or something? Oh well, no, kidding. Like you, I I uh, I do buy myself gifts because just because. But also, yeah, if it's if it's around my birthday, it's a birthday present. I completely agree. You know, I brought this up because Viola Davis she celebrated her birthday yesterday. She turned fifty five, and she bought the house that she was born in in oh, South cool. Carolina. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it's um so. She talked about this a f- few years ago. Uh, she called it the Cherokee bless- birth blessing when she was talking about that. Um, and she, this uh, was, it's a, was a plantation. And so she posted a picture. She said, uh, this is the house where I was born, August 11th, 1965. And it's a small wooden house, has a broken roof. And she says, it's the birthplace of my story. Today on my 55th year of life, I own it, all of it. So I'm not sure exactly what she'll do with it, cool. but huh. yeah. it's in North Carolina, um, and so or South Carolina. I'm sorry, yeah. it's uh, Singleton Plantation is what it's called. Um, it's where her grandfather was a sharecropper. So that's a it, great gift. Is there acreage, or is it just the uh, the farmyard, the the building site? Uh, let's see. She says, I went back to visit briefly, but she was unaware of the history. When she went back to read about it, 160 acres of land. And my cool. grandfather was a crop shearer. So I'm not yeah. sure if she got all of that land, but it looks like she got a, a chunk of it uh, when she was talking about it just a few years ago, just realizing, oh, this is where I come from. This is the house. This is the property. Uh, so that's that's great. Oh, nice. I wonder if she's going to keep it the way it is. Well, there's a photo of it here, obviously, on Instagram. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Maybe I mean, she can't I mean, live in there. No, but. I mean it, there is a giant hole in the roof. I mean it has seen better days, obviously. But uh, wow, that's what talk about owning your story. I mean just just all of it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a powerful move. I love that. I really love that. Oh, the Cherokee birth blessing is may you live long enough to know why you were born. And she says that this will be a a, a key point point in. Figuring that in out her for moment, herself for, for, for her, her story, yeah, yeah. I mean, is there there are some 
see, there's a so my grandma had a, a cabin up at I talked about this in Grand Rapids on Lake Pokegama and um, a few years before she passed uh, she sold it and I couldn't afford to buy it and it was just basically you know just like this chicken coop that we built and uh, and it was on the, the perfect side of, of the lake and uh, now there's this big McMansion there and you know all, oh, matches man. all the other houses and everything and yeah. I had dreams then of of buying that land because I, there's such a connection to my family and uh, me as a young kid and do you guys have something like that too I mean maybe one day yeah. I can Absolutely. I've been offered to buy a few different homes that I lived in, including one here in South Minneapolis where I was born oh, yeah? uh, on 12th Avenue down at 58th. But it's right. I mean, the airplanes are so close over the top of that house that you can see people in the windows. That's oh, I mean, wow. it, it's yeah, so, <laughs> so low, I didn't yeah. want to. Yeah, I didn't want to buy that one. And then there's been a few opportunities up at the uh, uh, up in my hometown. But I did end up buying the farm that my great uncle bought in, I think, 1919. And it's the one my dad worked on as a kid and the one I worked on as a kid. So I do own that. Oh. Cool. Uh, but then the uh, original homesteaded farm was uh, just a half a mile down the road, and I wasn't able to buy that, and uh, I'm still bitter about that. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's such a connection. I, I totally yeah, know it's what you're really talking cool. about, that connection. It's neat. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. Yeah. You feel a strong bond. So I have a little kind of a version of this story. I, I obviously don't own this home, but uh, I um, my, we moved a lot when... When I was young, my family growing up in South Central Pennsylvania and uh, the home that I came to from the hospital, uh, I remember it was 1645 South Drive. I mean, and I, I remember being very proud when I could memorize my address and <laughs> and, I, you know, I had I have some I was uh, up until maybe I was like eight or nine. We lived in that house. And so some of my best childhood memories were from there. And uh, you know how sometimes life gets away from you, and I love my parents, both of them, but they, you know, had a rough patch, and we actually lost that house. They couldn't keep up with the payments, and, uh, and so they, it went to sheriff's sale, and it was hard for me to process what was happening as a little kid. You know, why do we have to move? What's going on? And so we were forced out of that home, but every now and then... When I go home, I'll just drive by, you know, and, and grab a peek, a peek at it. And, uh, yeah, it has yeah. big white pillars out front. And, I mean, I, we oh, the games we played in that oh. backyard. You know, we didn't have a lot of money, so we, it was all about imagination, you know, yeah, where, where did, I was growing up. And it was phenomenal. Did the owner kind of keep phenomenal. it the same look? I, it looks, it looks it, remarkably the same. The inside yeah. has changed uh, <laughs> a, lot. Uh, a lot. You know, of course, it was uh, there were some nice uh, 70s and 80s designs in that house. You know, <laughs> I think the oh, bathtub was tell me. mustard yeah. yellow. Oh, and I mean, oh, oh yeah, that was for reminding mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Well, I, we, so, Matt, we had a burnt sienna was, fridge. I remember that. Oh, <laughs> if it, if you nice. found out that it was going on the market um, next week, yeah. and you had the opportunity hmm. and the in, and the cash, would you buy it? If if I could afford it, and sw I would, I would do it. I think I would do it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a even yeah. even though we left under bad circumstances. It, it was a, it's a happy place for me, and I. I it's oh, hard to resist. I, I it's that. hard to resist that urge. Yeah, I know a lot mm -hmm. of guys that are living in in the house that their parents or grandparents bought, uh, and I I think that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it awesome. is. Awesome.
Well, hey, before we go, yeah. I want to tell you about the listener rewards in August. Oh, perfect. So you can win $500 with AARP, or you can win a year's worth of Royal Canaan uh, cat food, thanks to Minnesota Animal Health Foundation. These prizes and more, it's very easy to sign up for listener rewards. Just get the app or stream online and just register. Very easy. MyTalk1071.com. All right. So when we come back, we're going we're gonna to talk about people who have some expendable income. The highest paid actors out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to run down the list for you next here at My Talk 1071. 847 here on Wednesday morning. Jason and Alexis in the morning. My Talk 1071. I'm Matt Belanger from 5 Eyewitness News. Guest hosting here today. Alexis is here with Kenny. Rob's in for Don today. And uh, I, I don't know what planet I've been on, but I just looked at the website for the Cat Video Festival that's coming up. I know it's it, cute, right? It's, and I just noticed that we put a little itty bitty face mask on the kitty in the logo. <laughs> and I don't, I, I don't know where I've been. I just didn't notice that till this morning. I think it's great. Well, yeah, because we have this year, it's the virtual quarantine edition of the Cat Video Festival. Of course, it's usually at the St. Paul Saints Stadium. Yeah. Um, but it's presented by David from First Equity. And we've got it again. We have a segment uh, with America's Funniest Home Videos. So you can see all of the funny cat videos. Uh, it will premiere Thursday, August 20th at 8 p.m. So make sure you mark your calendar. It's free. And we are accepting donations for our charity partner, which is Bitty Kitty Brigade. Mm-hmm. Uh, MyTalk1071.com keyword cat. So yeah, check out the little kitty with the mask on. It's always a fun time. And Adorable. I'm just I'm really glad we're still doing it. Yeah, and you know what? I think we need it more than ever because they say laughter is yes. the best medicine, right? Oh, and cute. And I mean, what's better for your health than watching a cat riding a Roomba around or whatever is going on in the video? You know, so it's just yep. It's a good time. It'll make you laugh. Good, good, wholesome, fun, family friendly. Love that. Um, yes. Also love seeing who's just raking it in. And uh, the new list is out, <laughs> right. right? I mean, and it's ever-changing. Uh, and so, so Lexus, you have the details on, yeah. on who in Hollywood is just flush with cash. Yes, and number one is really no surprise. He was picked last year as well. Well, not picked, but he made the most money last year, too. Also, another note, the... The list of actresses mm-hmm. that's coming out next month. So, okay, so there is only men on this list, but that's because they separate the men and women. But anyway, it seems silly. I just want to make sure I okay. say that. Yeah, yeah. important. To uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He mm-hmm. is at the top of the list again. This is Forbes annual list uh, with eighty-seven and a half million dollars. Now that's not as surprising, but there are some people that I was like, "Wow, you're still either still on this list or okay." I I wondered, for instance, Jackie Chan. Yeah, really. Movie huh. legend. You know, he has endorsements. He has uh, licensing deals. Uh, let's see. Any? I, he, he was in five movies in the past year. So this is from June of really? 2019 to June this June. Yeah, number ten yeah. on the list, right? Number. And he. Uh, any guesses how much he made? Hmm. Well, I'm I cheating. I'm looking at it. Kenny, it's oh, all okay. you. Oh, okay. Kenny, you guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I thought the website pulled up here. <laughs> 3.7. Oh, we're in the double digits, Oh, Kenny. yeah, way up. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. He made $40 million. What? Yeah. Endorsements yep. and licensing deals are apparently lucrative, Kenny, so you're going to need to get on that. Uh, oh, I know a lot no of people would kidding. buy something with your endorsement, so maybe you can work something out. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that wow. incredible? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. How about Lynn Manuel Miranda? You know, we have don't the know who that is. Popularity of Hamilton. 
near Hamilton. the brother. He, oh, he wrote Hamilton. Right, he right. also uh, in the Heights um, and mm-hmm. uh, Moana. Now I don't know if that money is included in this year, I love but Moana. Yeah. <laughs> so he makes that song. <laughs> that, You're gonna be in your head all day. Sorry. Oh, no, thank you. Oh, Let it your go. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, any guesses on that one, uh, Kenny? No. He makes more than no. Jackie Chan. I'll say that. Okay. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I... Forty-five and a half million dollars. Wow. From June That's to June. So much. What do you do with... to this June? You can't fit that under a mattress. You have to stuff it under many mattresses, I guess. I just, I mean, all uh, that that's money. That's true. Gobs and gobs of it. Now, you're also looking at the list. Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. That's surprising, too, because he's in the top 10. Oh, yeah. Now, he has a Netflix film, The Last Thing He Wanted. He also starred in The Way Back. But, you know, with some of his personal struggles, you'd think maybe he's not working as much or we don't hear them about them as right. much. Right. He's not always in the headlines anymore. And $55 million he made. He's quietly counting his cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. He's like, mm-hmm. whoa. And then, uh, yeah, Netflix is a common theme here. You see Netflix connections yeah. in the bios of a lot of these who are in the top 10. I've mm-hmm. noticed that that's a lucrative deal these days for folks. Clearly. Yeah. You know? yeah. So we have Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and then Ryan Reynolds is second with 71 and a half million dollars on that again netflix like you said six uh, underground and red notice mm-hmm. um so there's that mark Wahlberg, he's producing a lot of things like mcmillions did you watch that by the way no i don't know okay i think you'll like oh yeah kenny you didn't watch it okay well we talked a lot no. about that because there's, there's yeah. one character on the show well, he's a real life person. He's one of the detectives named Doug. Oh, and, and, and Jason, and Jason I have, hates him or something. Uh, yes, just, he yeah. finds him so annoying, but <laughs> I find him so entertaining. And the reason why McMillions is so great, but uh, it's so that's kind of funny. There's yeah. big, big difference there. I'm surprised by Adam Sandler. Uh, yeah, obviously, he? still making a ton of money, you know, compared to the average person here at 41 million. He's number nine on the list. But the article here at, in Forbes talks about how. Once upon a time, I mean, he was at the you know real high on the list at the top. His uh, he peaked apparently in 1998 um, when he sold 240 million dollars worth of tickets at the domestic box office. So, oh wow, yeah, yeah he was and- he was once really really high. So he's trending wow. down, but still, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, still but really, I mean, I'm only number eight on the list. Uh, <laughs> you know, I can still buy like anything I want and then some and three more of them, but whatever. Well, what I love about what's happening with Adam Sandler right now is that he signed that deal with Netflix. It was like $250 million. Yeah. And he just makes movies with his friends. They uh, could be terrible. <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't say. matter. All the- yeah. All the critics hate Adam, but he's like, yeah, whatever. I'm still making movies. I'm having fun, employing my friends. We're all mm-hmm. just having a ball and raking it in. I love yep. that. And, and once again, so cool. Netflix, the secret there. I mean, it that's is. his his platform, and he, you know, streaming there. Mm-hmm. Netflix. Every, you, do you believe this? We have collectively uh, streamed more than two billion hours of Adam Sandler. Us, Whoa. us Netflix users. <laughs> are guilty of streaming more than 2 billion hours of Adam Sandler stuff. That's wow. a lot of that's a lot of Adam Sandler. That is <laughs> That is collectively kind of a horrifying wow. statistic actually. <laughs> what does it say about us? <laughs> we all want to be in an Adam Sandler film. I guess. Is really yeah and uh, yeah. and 
the variety now of his different films now. I mean, you'd think it's all kind of goofball stuff, but he has some, you know, some, some good I'd take stuff. One per- I'd take 1% of 1% and be happy. Isn't that yeah, the truth, Kenny? I'm str- I'm just mm-hmm. like I st- my newly started savings account here. I'm just struggling to put yeah. some money into that each paycheck. Like argh, it's like I'm like Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost holding on to that check in the bank. Remember? And, yes. and he's over her shoulder saying, "Give him the check. Give him the check. Give him the check." She's like, oh, she oh. goes, "I will." <laughs> <laughs> That's me trying to save money, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Oh, hard hard time oh, here. Let alone double digit million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. Oh, Guys, wow. it has been a blast again here this morning. Thank you so much for, for letting me come by and fill in for Jace. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. I know we'll do it again on Friday. Yeah, I'll be back on Friday. And uh, listen, thanks for waking up with Jason and Alexis in the morning on My Talk 1071. I hope you have a fantastic Wednesday. The gang will see you again tomorrow morning. Yep, you be you. We love you. Talk <laughs> tomorrow. Bye, Bye friends. Thanks, man. And thanks, Rob. See you tomorrow.